Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, if you were with us last week, you know that we started a new series that we've called The Word Became Flesh. And uh, as we are approaching Christmas, and how many of you know it's coming fast? How many of you got your Christmas shopping done? Good work, babe. Nice work. My, my family knows that when they open the present that I probably have no idea what, what we got them. Um, just smile and nod. That's right. Uh, so I just want to mention to you that we are doing the two Christmas Eve gatherings. And so if you, these cards are available also from Alpha Graphics, uh, and you can, you can bring these and invite friends. It's a great opportunity. Uh, I told you the statistic on uh, a few weeks ago that during this time, 80% of people that you will invite to church for Christmas Eve, if they're not already going somewhere else, 80% will say yes. I mean, you know, those are good odds. So we need to take advantage of that opportunity, and we're going we're gonna to just share the gospel in a very simple way. It's going to be a one-hour gathering, both of them, and so you, I know we all have different things that we do on Christmas Eve, but come and make a priority of being here, spending time with God, and invite somebody to join you. If you have, if you have friends and family that are coming to spend Christmas with you, just say, hey, you're coming to my house. This is what we do right? They'll go with you. I promise you they will. And it's an awesome opportunity. So these are available at the Welcome Center. Make sure you grab a few of those on your way out so that you can invite some people. So tonight we're going to just continue in our series. John chapter one, verse one says this, in the beginning, the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Let's skip down again. John chapter one, verse 10 says this. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting in human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's pray. Father God, as we spend some time in your word today, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us. God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, God, that it's true. And I thank you, God, that your Son came as the word, as the fulfillment of the word. So God, we are so grateful that during this Christmas season, we can spend some time reflecting on what that actually means to us. Father, I pray for those who are, are watching in Star Valley today, and I just pray, God, that you'd bless them, that, God, they would hear your word and that it will transform their very being. We thank you, God, for those who are watching in Alaska and Malawi and those who are watching in jail and those who are watching in Deer Lodge. God, we're so grateful because, God, your word is powerful. It's not about who's preaching it. It's about the word. 
and it is real and it is true and it is impactful. So God, I pray that your word would impact those who hear it. And we give you all the praise today in Jesus' name, amen. So if you were with us last week, I, I share that verse with you every weekend during this series because I want you to understand that Jesus is the word. So when we talk about scripture, we're talking about the totality of scripture means the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the old always points to the new and the new always points back to the old. Why? Because they're important and they're interweaved with each other. So as we look at these verses that we read again, it is that idea that when Jesus came, he is the word. He is the fulfillment of all those stories that led to that moment. And so it's so important, and, and we talked about last weekend how there's this foreshadowing that continues to happen throughout the Old Testament that reminds us of not only our need for a Savior, but of what the Savior will be when he comes. We need to understand that this book is a redemptive history. We cannot forget that the Bible is a book of history. God, from the very beginning, promised Adam and Eve that someone is coming, the Messiah, Jesus, who would crush Satan. Much of the Old Testament advances the same narrative and it leads directly to the manger in Bethlehem and then it leads from there to the cross and all the way to the empty tomb. So this is so important for us to wrap our minds around and there's so many stories that I could have chosen from but I wanna, I wanna look at the story of Daniel for just a moment and I'll be honest with you, it's a great story but I, I don't actually preach this story that much. And so as I was rereading the story this week, I wanted to review a little bit of what's, what's taken place. Daniel has pretty much lived his life under these pagan kings and now there's a new king, Darius, who has uh, divided the kingdom into 120 provinces and each of them has a high ruler. And then he appointed three high officers uh, over all of them and Daniel was one of those. But he realized that Daniel was amazing and he was, he was the best of all of them. He was incredible at what he did. So the king probably praised him quite a bit. And out of that, the other rulers became jealous. And so they went to King Darius and they said, hey, listen, you need to, you need to make some kind of a decree because uh, there are people in your kingdom, they're worshiping all kinds of things. They're worshiping all different gods. And, and oh, king, you're so amazing that we think you should be the one that's getting worshiped and not these other gods. And so what if you can even just try it for 30 days? What if you just set a decree for 30 days and you just say, hey, uh, for 30 days, you can't worship anything but me. And so we just think it'd be great, King, because we think you're awesome. We think you're the best. Like, I don't know why anybody would worship anybody but you. So let's just, what do you think? And so the king decides to go for this. And so as we look at this story unfold, the reason that these guys did this was out of, out of jealousy. And they knew Daniel. They knew that Daniel served God and that Daniel would not back down. And so they knew that this would be a, a way that they could, that they could uh, get him and that they could remove him from power. And so in this decree, it's that anybody that will do this will, will be fed to the lion's den. So as we look at this story, we see it in Daniel chapter six, verse 10, it says this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open to, toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. So 
Daniel had cultivated a habit of praise and worship. Three times a day, he would stop whatever he was doing. Bible says that he would go to the upstairs room in his house. He would open the windows. He would kneel down at that open window and he would what? Give thanks to his God. He would praise him. He would worship him. Now, as we look at this story, it'd be really easy that in this moment when he hears this decree to just say, well, I'm gonna still sneak pray, right? I'm gonna, I'll pray, but I don't need to open the windows. Like there's nothing that tells me I have to open the windows. But Daniel said, listen, this is, this is who I am. Like, I, I don't care what anybody else says because I'm gonna be who I am and who God's called me to be. And so I'm gonna do it like I've always done it. I'm going to kneel down, I'm going to open the windows, and I'm going to worship God. Everything in our life has a place on our priority list. If you don't assign things a priority, they will take a priority. So Daniel said, my, I mean, he had one of the most pre, pre, premier jobs that you could have in the whole kingdom. He was up at the upper echelon of people in his, in his, where he lived. So for him, that could have been his priority. He could have said, you know, my career is number one. So, I, you know, that's cool. The king made that decree. I don't want to mess with that because I've, I've really earned some high honors. I get accolades from the king all the time. And, and I can pray, but I'll just do it in my head. I'll just do it quietly so that nobody knows. But Daniel had said, my priority is to worship and honor my God. And so I don't care what that does to my career. How many of us would be willing to say that? Like how many of us would be willing to say, it doesn't, even if it hurts me at my job, I'm gonna still worship God. Even if it hurts me in my life, even if it hurts me in my pocketbook, I'm gonna worship God. See, Daniel said, that's the most important thing to me. I've set it as my number one priority and everything else has to come in alignment under that. And so that's what he did. He lived that. He didn't just say it, he did it. So as we talk about these things, I think for us as believers, we got to understand that we need to cultivate a habit of praise in our lives. We need to be in a position where praise isn't something that just happens when we happen to be in the right room at the right time, right? Praise, praise and prayer, that isn't just something that if I have time after I check all the other boxes, I'll find some room for that. Daniel said, no, it's my priority. Verse 11 says, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. First of all, what a compliment to Daniel that his enemies knew his convictions. They knew he would be consistent. That's why they had this law passed. They're like, this guy is crazy for God. Like this dude ain't gonna stop. No matter what happens, this guy is always gonna pray. So let's take him out by having the king decree this law. So they decree it. Daniel does exactly what they expected. Isn't there something good about a believer who's consistent? For us as believers, what would it look like if we served consistently? If we prayed consistently, if we worshiped consistently, what would that look like? What it, would it look like if, if just us, that are, that are watching this today, whether you're in this room or you're in one of the other rooms, if you're watching this today, and what if just us said, you know what? Our highest priority is God. Our highest priority is to worship him. Our highest priority, no matter what it costs us, 
We will always put him first. You know what will happen? We'll change the world. That's what will happen. Do your enemies know that even when they attack you, it will not change your character? Let me say that one again. Do your enemies know that even when they attack you, it will not change your character? See, his enemies knew his character. They knew that even though this is gonna make life harder on Daniel, it's not gonna change Daniel. But for many of us as believers, when things get hard, when circumstances change, all of a sudden our character can change. And we can justify character changes pretty easy. We can make, we can make it where we feel like, well, I'm justified in treating that person like that because the way they treated me. I'm justified in all that I'm doing because I have been mistreated in all of this, this situation. And so we justify it and we change our character all the while if we would just be consistent. Verse 12 says this. So they went straight to the king and they reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law uh, of the Medes in the, and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then, the, then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king. You know, your enemies are good. They're, they're, they're persistent. They went to the king and they said, your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. The enemy's relentless. These guys, they know what they want. They want Daniel out of the picture. They want him gone. They want Daniel dead. They, want, they don't want to be hearing about how great Daniel is anymore. They don't want to see his... Can I tell you, when, when you're consistent, when your character is locked in, you're going to make some people upset and uncomfortable. There are going to be people in your life that are going to be very uncomfortable because your character is consistent. When you, when you stand for truth, even when it's unpopular, when you stand up and say, no, I don't believe that, you're going to make some, you're going to make some enemies. And Daniel made some enemies. Daniel, when he went to work, he did the best job. He was the smartest. He was the brightest. He was the best at what he did. And out of that, but he also was consistent and he, and he still had his priorities in order. And out of that, this, this, these guys are just so mad and angry and they've got this mob mentality that they, they want to take him out. So Daniel chapter 6 verse 16 says this, the king caved in and ordered Daniel brought and thrown into the lion's den. But he said to Daniel, your God to whom you are so loyal is going to get you out of this. That's a crazy story. The king sets a law and he can't go back on it. 
It's a decree. It's done. He loves Daniel. The last thing he wants to do is put Daniel in that lion's den. But the enemy keeps pushing and saying, no, no, no. You have to. You signed the law. It's the way that it goes. So you got to do this. And so now to the point where he's going, man, I hope your God saves you. 17, a stone slab was placed over the opening of the den. The king sealed and covered with a signet ring and the signet ring of all his nobles fixing Daniel's fate. This is the part I want you to think about for a moment because there's some foreshadowing that's happening here. Stone is put in front of the opening. And the stone says, you're gone. Who put them there? Liars. Right? The liars open their mouth and the liars cause this stone to be put in in place. Verse 18. The king then went back to his palace. He refused supper. He couldn't sleep. He spent the night fasting. At daybreak, The king got up and hurried to the lion's den. As he approached the den, he called out anxiously, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve so loyally, saved you from the lions? And this is what he hears back. O king, live forever, said Daniel. My God sent his angel who closed the mouth of the lions so that they would not hurt me. I've been found innocent before God. And also before you, O king, I've done nothing to harm you. So the liars speak, the stone gets put into place. And then when, the, when morning break happens, the stone gets rolled away. And what the enemies of Daniel thought was going to happen is not at all what happened. When that stone got rolled into place as Jesus' body was put in there, the enemy thought, I did it. I got rid of the one who's causing me so much problems. And then the stone is rolled away and it's a completely different story than what the liars thought it was going to be. This stone gets rolled away and Daniel says, oh king, live forever. And Jesus cries out from that empty tomb and he says, you can live forever. Being delivered from death, his message to those who seek is to live forever. This foreshadows the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. Verse 23, when the king heard these words, he was happy. He ordered Daniel taken up out of the den. When he was hauled up, there wasn't a scratch on him. He had trusted his God. Have you ever thought about the fact that Daniel spent only one night in the den of lions, but his whole lifetime he spent in a kingdom of a pagan king, which is probably even way more dangerous. But as we look at this story, it's amazing to me because Daniel, many theologians believe that Daniel actually just slept with the lions. Daniel gets a good night's sleep, the king's up all night. Right? That's crazy. So we see that he's thrown Daniel into the, into the den and he's at his palace and he's worrying and Daniel is sleeping. 
Hebrews chapter 11, again, I tell you that throughout this series, you're going to see this. The old points to the new, the new points to the old. Hebrews chapter 11. So people who say, I don't think Daniel and lions then actually happened. I don't think I'm going to listen to you anymore. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 says this, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. Daniel is thrown into a situation beyond his control, but not beyond his God's control. So my question as we look at this story today is, where is your faith level? Would you have gone into that situation with an expectation of certain death? Or would you have went into that situation with an expectation of life? Would you have seen that maybe you survived the first few moments, but even though you've survived the first few moments, you start strategizing and trying to make a plan. You start seeing if you can stack some stuff to try and climb your way out. And I wonder if I could move that stone if I got up there. And you begin to do things in your own power. Because Daniel didn't do that. Daniel just said, my hope and my faith and my trust, it's in God. And so because my hope and my faith is in God, I'm going to, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to lay down. Hey, I know these guys are ferocious and they're mean, but they seem to be fine. And, and God has sent an angel to just shut their mouth. So I'm going to just take a nap. And this one looks like he's extra comfortable. So maybe I'll use him as a, as a, as a pillow. We know that Jesus modeled that. He slept on the boat in the middle of the storm. They had to wake him up and go, hey, we're freaking out here. And he's like, oh, brother, you guys, come on. It's a little storm. Grow up, right? Peace be still. It's done. I'm going back to bed, right? <laughs> Have you ever watched a movie and you're watching the movie and, and the main character, it seems like there's no way this, this person's getting out of this. Like, that, oh, this, this guy's gonna die. There's no way. And you're watching it. And I've done this before where you're watching it and you get so engrossed that you're like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be horrible. This guy's, he's done. And then I remember the name of the movie is that guy's name, right? So probably not gonna kill him. He's probably going to be fine. And then all of a sudden you kind of pull yourself out of the movie a little bit. And you're like, all right. Yeah, it's, it's intense. It looks bad for him. But they named the movie after him and it's, we're 20 minutes into it. There's no way they're killing this guy right now. Right? Why? Because all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, that would make zero sense. But for us, what we need to understand is, is who wrote the story? Who wrote your story? How do you not just survive lions, but you learn to sleep with them. How do we get to that place? How do we get to that level of faith? We gotta understand who's writing our story. We gotta understand who's actually in control. Man, I know some of you are, are here today and you're, you're listening and you're going, man, my life feels completely out of control and I, I want to talk about that for a moment because I think there's so much that we can learn from this story. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10, it says this, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but, God discipline, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. 
No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in his way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. I want to challenge you to make God's priorities your priorities. Daniel knew if I do what God wants me to do, he'll take care of the rest. Now we hear that many of us maybe that are that are watching this are we've been in it we've been in a position where we've even grown up in church. So we've heard it our whole life. Oh yeah, we'll just trust God, but when push comes to shove, when we do get tossed into the lion's den, then all of a sudden it's me that kicks in. What am I going to do? This situation is too hard and I don't want to just pray about it. I need to, I need to act. I need to, I, need to, I need to do something. And so many of us, we are so tired today because we are pushing and fighting and trying and, and just trying to make things work. Daniel, it doesn't say anywhere in here that Daniel was tired, that he was, other than that he slept with the lions, I guess. But he just knew. I've spent enough time with God. I trust him. So because I've spent time with him, I'm not going to worry about this. Spiritual discipline is essential to the deliverance from the power of sin and obedience to God's will. Without spiritual discipline, believers cannot walk with Christ, grow in faith, or receive the heavenly rewards awaiting those who diligently practice spiritual discipline. Listen to Daniel chapter 6, verse 24. Then the king commanded that the conspirators who had informed on Daniel be thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Before they hit the floor, the lions had them in their jaws, tearing them to pieces. That's harsh. You know, as I, was, as I was thinking about that, actually, I hadn't really thought about it much, and then while we were worshiping, that verse came to my mind, and I was thinking about that, and I thought, for many of us, what we need to understand is the way that we live our lives affects our families. The things that we do, when we, when we practice business unethically, because we feel like we're justified, because, well, you know, I'm not... You know, I, I, that person ripped me off, so it's fine, and blah, blah, blah. And we, and we do things to justify. These guys who got Daniel thrown in the lion's den, I'm sure they went to bed feeling justified. I'm sure that they went to bed thinking, well, finally, Daniel will get, Daniel will get his. But when we do that, what ends up happening is it not only brings destruction to us, but it brings destruction to our families. The king will ultimately take care of your problems. Daniel didn't fight the men. He didn't even argue for their demise. He just lived out his faith. And some of you today, you're facing your own lion and you're focused on what or who put you into the position that you're in. And you're spending all your energy and effort trying to think, how can I get back? See, Daniel could have went, you know what? Those guys, they're trying to get me in trouble because they're not as good at this job as me. 
So I'm going to just go and argue to the king that he should get rid of those guys and, and, and that he should even just keep promoting me. He could have done that, but that's not Daniel. Daniel said, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to give it to God and my enemies are no match for God's power. Others of you may be focused on surviving the lion that you're faced with. He has the power to shut the mouths so you don't have to worry about it. One of the things that I think is so amazing is the battle didn't happen in the lion's den. You see that? There was no battle. It wasn't like, the story would have been different if they threw Daniel in there and then Daniel just all of a sudden becomes like, you know, Samson and he just starts ripping them apart, right? That would have been a story. But that's not what happened. The battle was on the, on the upstairs of Daniel's house. The battle happened when Daniel opened the window and he said, I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep trusting. God, you said, and I believe you. God, you're able, so I don't like this law. I don't understand this law. I don't get why they're doing this. But Lord, all I know is you're my number one priority. So whatever happens, happens. If they see me and they throw me in the lion's den, then I know that you're with me. So the battle is here. I love that we sang, this is how I fight my battles. Seth and I didn't talk about this at all. You had no idea what I was preaching about tonight. In fact, in just a moment, I'm going to ask the team to sing that again, but that's your warning right there. Got it? Uh, God, I could give you a heads up. Um, but that's where the battle happened. For some of us, what happens is we, we neglect. We don't. Like, oh, Saturday night I try and come. I come every couple weeks or I might show up once a month. That's my church. And I believe in what they're doing. It's cool, but I'm busy. I got lots of stuff going on. So we, we do, and then all of a sudden crisis hits our house. Crisis hits. You, 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 have, you're the, you slip in late, you leave early normally, but now crisis hits and now you're at the altar that's good. You should be at the altar then. I'm not discouraging you on that. But what I'm saying is, you're already in the middle of it now. What if instead you fought the battle before the battle came to you? What if instead you spent time like this going, God, I don't know what's in front of me. I don't know what problem's going to come my way. I don't understand what's going what, what's to happen, but I do know this. I know you're good. I know you're in control. I know that I can trust you. So no matter what is around the corner for me, you got it. That's how you sleep with lions. That's how you do it. Because you trust him before the battle. It's easy. I mean, there's a lot of people that are not believers that when all of a sudden crisis hits, you'll find them coming into church. And I'm glad. I hope they come here. I hope they find hope. I hope they understand that there's a God who loves them and sees them and cares for them and all of those things. But for those of us who are already believers, maybe today you're in the middle of it and I will encourage you, then you need to spend some time worshiping and praying and saying, God, I'm fighting on my knees right now. Because then when I'm in with the lions, 
I don't have to do anything. You're doing it. And for some of you, life's going pretty good right now and you don't have a lot to worry about. And so for you, I would just say the exact same thing. Daniel, three times a day, kneeling, opening the window, giving praise and thanks to his God. Why? Because he knew the battle was going to come. So he just said, God, I'm going to praise you when it's good. I'm going to praise you when it's bad. I'm going to thank you for what's good in my life and I'm going to thank you that you got me when it is bad. And now all of a sudden he gets chucked into this lion's den and he's fine. He cuddles up, takes a little nap. All of a sudden it's morning, he hears the king, are you okay? It's all good. We need to focus on God and his authority in our lives and not on our current circumstances. say this a lot in here but if you if you spend all your time focusing on your problem your problem becomes a lot bigger if you spend your time instead focusing on your God your problems get a lot smaller why is it important for us as believers to spend time in his word because we need to read of victories you're in the middle of a battle you need to hear like of the of the winds because God's got a lot of winds under his belt Throughout Daniel's life, he made God's commands his priority. We've watched as that brought him so much favor in a godless society. The fact that he got promoted as much as he did is a miracle in and of itself. He's a guy from another community that's less than. They conquered him. They would have been a slave. He, 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 works his way up. God shows favor after favor after favor after favor. But he's faithful, and that's why. Some of you are like, man, I don't, I don't get any favor. Well, be faithful. Be faithful, and watch what God does. So tonight, we're going to close this out in just a moment. The worship team is going to come up in just a few moments, and, and they are going to sing that, I think. Um, and I just, I really just want you to, some of you need to go, to go to war tonight. Some of you have got wayward children and you've almost all but given up on them because you don't know how to win that battle. Daniel had no idea how to survive a lion's den. He didn't have a, he didn't have a plan. The Bible doesn't say, oh, he came up with a strategy so he could maybe make it through the night. No. His only plan was, I've been worshiping, I've been praising, I'm going to trust. And the lion's mouth got shut. So some of you need to stop strategizing and you start worshiping. Some of you are in financial crisis right now, worship. Praise him for what you do have. Some of you, life's going good. It's okay, open the window. Get on your knees and praise. Because no matter who you are, no matter what life looks like for you right now, there's a battle that's around the corner. So be prepared for it. Trust, pray, worship. So tonight, that's what we're gonna do.
We're going to close this out with just another time of, of just a little bit more worship. And I just want to encourage you, whatever it is on your heart, if you need to, you just come and spend some time here. There'll be a few people up here that will pray with you if you need prayer. But otherwise, can we just like set aside whatever else we have going on tonight just for a few moments? And even if you have to envision yourself opening the windows towards Jerusalem and going, okay, I'm worshiping. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to bring him all honor and all glory because he's worthy of my praise. And the more you praise him, the more you ingrain in yourself how worthy he is of our praise, how big he is, how strong he is, how able he is, so that when that next fight comes, you can go, oh yeah, I already know who he is. I've been worshiping him. I'm asking you to close your eyes with me for a few moments. God, right now, we just praise you because you are bigger than any problem that we are faced with today. God, I pray for those who are right now, they're in the middle of it. That God, in these next few moments that we will worship you, that we will set aside our strategies, our wants, our desires. God, that our priorities will shift, that you will become number one, that it won't be about what we think is important, but it will always be about what you've said is important. So God, we just trust you tonight. And as we worship you, as we praise you tonight, God, I pray that it will be a battle cry from East Missoula, from from Star Valley, from Malawi, from wherever this is heard, that God, there will be a battle cry that says, God, you are good. You are strong. You are in control. You are the one that shuts the mouths of lions. We give you all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as we worship? The altars are open. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.